Warning, wrestling POV Global is not suitable for all ages. Viewer discretion is advised. What's up, everybody? This is AJ Kirsch, and you're listening to Wrestling POV Global. Wrestling POV Global Black and Yellow brand. It's your point of view on the global stand. From north to south to east to west, they got you covered like a blanket, but I digress from elite to elite to the hot topic. AW Impact New Japan, they got it. Have you laughing so hard? Have your belly aching? Hurt any different? I'm sure you're mistaken. Hey folks, welcome to another edition of WPOV Global. I'm your host, the legend T. James Logan. With me today, my co-host, the gentleman Elio Canella. Elio, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Well, you know what? This has been a bit of a confusing week for us, uh, in a way. Uh, we didn't have a show last week because of, well, there was no there was no AEW last Wednesday, and that's usually the night we record, right after AEW. Uh, but it was kind of interesting. We found another, we did a Wayback episode. We found another uh, episode done by our grandfathers. And the craziest part, who would have guessed, Elio, that Andy's grandfather was also a part of the team? That was crazy, man. I'm telling you, I, we, we get surprises thrown at us out of nowhere. One thing I want to say, though, Elio, you know, I tease you a lot. Yeah. But the gentleman is a pretty good guy. You're a pretty stand-up guy. But your grandfather was a douchebag, man. <laughs> what is with that guy? The, devi- the deviant? I mean, seriously. He, he's such a bitter man. I don't understand. I don't know where he gets it from. I don't know, man. But I, I'm, I'm like the complete opposite. I know. The apple rolled, rolled way, way down the street, <laughs> across the grove, into the next grove. I'm glad you're not like the deviant. So, but uh, it, it was it was fun to hear those guys talk. Uh, they covered Starcade One. Wow, that that was one of the biggest uh, cards back in the eighties. This I would say that Starcade was the precursor of what uh, a giant pay per view would become. I mean, you know, everyone says WrestleMania One, the granddaddy of them all. Well, not exactly. I would say more no, like well, Starcade. And the bees when it started. I'd say the bees when it started all. Yeah. Yeah. So, and this week, folks, sorry, we are not joined by our other co-host, the lone wolf, Andy Anderson. Uh, I do believe he's on the lamb right now. Wasn't there something about a bunch of warrants or something about after? I don't know what it's about. Uh, yeah, I see. This is a perfect, uh, this is a perfect point in the show where I can say, I don't know what's going on and mean it. <laughs> Wait, are you saying you didn't mean it all the other times you said it? <laughs> Anyways, how is the temperature out there in Toronto today, buddy? Was it hot? Oh, it was nice. We had uh, sunny weather all day. And uh, actually, today is June 2nd. They finally lifted the stay-at-home orders. That is uh, that is cool. That is cool. We also went into state whack into stage one. Things are opening up a little for us. Uh, however, we start uh, day one of, I believe, a four or five day heat wave up here. We're getting temperatures of 35 plus across wow. the most of the province and there you know it's heat warnings everywhere so it's been a little rough i'm gonna say it's been a little rough day today okay but uh we people are buying fans and air conditioners and i guess that's you gotta do what you gotta do right yep now fans we have find ourselves in a very strange situation uh we found there was no aw last wednesday they moved the show to friday 
Uh, this is, and, and of course, the Sunday, they had the big uh, Double or Nothing pay-per-view, which we're going to be discussing uh, in detail today. Uh, however, it's interesting to note that AEW, for the next at least, I believe, two or three weeks, at least, will be on Friday nights because of the NBA finals going on. Uh, so we are going to be doing our show the regular days we do it Wednesday. So unfortunately, mm -hmm. we will be at least three or four days behind uh, by the time you get uh, to hear this episodes. We will be, usually, you know, usually we do the show. We do our, our coverage right after the show, like maybe a half hour after we get on and we talk while it's fresh in your mind. This time it's going to be, you know, some days have gone by, but that's beyond our control. So, uh, but you know what? Before we get started, I just want to say this, Elio. We are going to cover Double or Nothing in our deep dive today. Mm -hmm. However, last Friday's, um, T oh, I was going to say Tina, AEW oh. was terrible. <laughs> oh, it, was, was... it was definitely a go home. It was not even a go home show. It was more like, let's tread water two days before the <laughs> It was painful. And, oh, it was a lot of bad squashes. A lot. There was no, there was nothing really to it. It's almost, I almost wish they hadn't done it. That weigh-in was so ridiculous. Oh, the weigh-in. My goodness. Look, you know what? We'll talk really briefly about that card in the deep dive. But let's get into our regular uh, things that we do. All right. uh, our, uh, first of all, let's talk about our Elite Delete this week. And Elite Delete, I think right now, is an interesting one. One that I think could be a bit galvanizing. Uh, at least she was last time she was around. And I'm talking about Riho. Riho, former Ice Ribbon wrestler, first AEW Women's Champion. Uh, the, the pluses to this lady, tons of ring experience, exciting style. Um, she is a, she's a hard worker. The, the minuses, however, is she's probably 90 pounds soaking wet. Uh, she's very small. And... Sometimes people find her a little unbelievable that she can wrestle anyone, anyone, because she is so tiny. Um, so it becomes a, a, a sort of, what do you prefer? Is it the showmanship? Is it the realism? I mean, this is wrestling. So, I mean, it is possible to do this, but is it working? And that's what we're going to find out. The last time she came around, I, I mean, she's back now. She's been gone for a while. Uh, when she first came around, she won the belt. There was a lot of criticism against her, leveled at her from, from fans. Uh, so many people saying who she got only where she was because who she knows. She only got where she was because just, you know, ridiculous things. But the fact is, this is the first AEW Women's Champion. And I'm going to throw it to you first, Elio. Is Riho, in your opinion, now that she, apparently she has signed for a, an extension with AEW, she has moved stateside, meaning we're going to be seeing her in the mix a lot more. In your opinion, is Riho, is she ready for the main roster to, to be up there? Or is she a dark project that needs to be worked on before she comes up? Is she elite delete in your opinion? So a year ago was our first uh, look at Riho. And uh, back then I would have said delete. I'm going with elite this time because She's been away for for a long time, and uh, she just uh, made her return on Sunday, and we haven't seen her. This is a completely different Riho than what we first saw a year ago. So I'm gonna say elite. All right, you know what? I am. I am. Oh, I was really on the fence with this, and I was coming down to the last wire, but I'm gonna go with elite here. Okay, 
Uh, you did make up a very good point here. She's not exactly the same Riho we saw last time. It seems some of her weaknesses have been shored up a little. Um, I find that a little exciting. Um, yeah, I, you know, watching the match, and she had a tremendous match, which we are going to talk about uh, in the thing. I really enjoyed that match a lot. We're going to talk about that. Uh, I really think that she has what it takes and I'm very excited. You know, the last month or two, we have talked about how the women's division is really starting to come you know, back. You know, Chris Statlander, back in the mix. Uh, Hikaru Shida, she has been the champion for a year. She's looking solid. You have Britt Baker sniffing at her heels, you know, wanting to take that belt away and looking credible and good doing it. And then there's been Serena Deeb, Thunder Rosa, all these great wrestlers coming in now where, where poor Shida's had kind of a weak year of defending her title she kept it together props on that but we can't really say she had the deepest amount of opponents to go against uh Riho does run the risk I think of being caught up in uh you know she was a shining star in a bunch of weakness before but now she is one of many girls who can go so that makes me a little bit worried but I think, you know what, she was a form, she's the first champion, the first woman's champion. That's got to have some street cred to it. I think she's ready for the rain roster. Do I think she's going to capture the AEW women's belt again? I'm going to say I don't think so. Okay. Uh, if they make a women's tag team, how's that for a women's tag team? You wanted to do like the ice ribbon girls. What if you threw uh, Hikaru Shida and uh, her together? and Riho, that might be an interesting tag team because rumor has it that they're thinking someday down the road of doing an AEW women's tag team belts, which would be interesting because there's a that lot sounds, of That sounds belts, like so. a future hot topic. That sounds like a future hot topic. It does indeed. You are you, you are nothing like the Deviant. I am so glad that I don't have <laughs> that dude to deal with. I think I'm basically my own Deviant. I don't need a back a backdoor, de <laughs> backdoor Deviant. That sounds terrible. I don't need another Deviant. But you know what, fans? We let's okay. This is we always laugh when we see these sort of things, but at the same time, uh, it's kind of mean. So I'm going to read a few of the comments that we got in here. Okay. Okay. Uh, Scott Knox says, "Delete all 80 pounds of her." <laughs> Ouch, Scott. Ouch. Funny uh. though. Ryan Moye, delete. She's horrible. Okay. Anthony Alan Dean says, delete. Oh my goodness, a lot of people are on the hating the Rio here. William Moore Jr. said she is really bad. Nice big smile, but unfortunately that doesn't cut it in pro wrestling. Very much agree, William. However, I do think she's a lot more talented than you're giving her credit for. Uh, oh my goodness. I, I'm not even going to say this name. No, no, okay? that That's just a terrible... You know, we're not even Americans, but uh, we're not... This guy has put his name as no, uh, no, something no, terrible no, no, towards no, the American no, president. No, no, I'm not no. going to say it. Uh, Matthew Sanders says elite. She has an aura about her like Miss Elizabeth. All right. Okay. So as I'm reading these, it sure seemed like and that, that does seem the case is um, more people tend to write in as the minority of what the vote is. <laughs> okay. It seems like by reading that you would think I'm going to say a ton of you would say delete and not very many would say elite, but of course it's the other way around 60% saying elite. 40% saying delete. So it looks like people are still slightly tossed by Riho. So uh, I think that things can be done with her. 
my only thing about Riho that I do find annoying, and Jim Cornette always points this out, is how ridiculous it looks to be punched by a girl wearing doilies around her wrist. I think she's got to get rid of those silly looking things around her wrist too. It does look uh, pretty bad. But uh, you know what, Riho, I'm expecting good things from her this year. And uh, I think she's in a really competitive division. All right. Uh, let's move on now. This is a really quick one. The stadium stampede at main event. Now I'm not going to discuss this right now. Neither are you, because we're going to go in the deep dive about it. Okay. But I got to say there were a lot of online things that I read before. I, I, like, I didn't get a chance to see the show live. I saw it the next day, but a lot of the, uh, criticisms or things that I read online is a ton more people seem to really enjoy the stampedes. Uh, stadium stampede this year and for different reasons they said it was a very different stampede than last year's and it was and we'll go over all that uh but we wanted to know if people thought that was a good main event uh, why did we put that because first of all this was the first pay-per-view with a crowd back in a long time that was so and great to see a lot was it an awesome live crowd now, but the, here's the, the 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 flip side of this is the stadium stampede is a cinematic match taped without a crowd so that basically means that people sat through that pay-per-view and then had to sit there and watch a video for like 40 minutes of this match and so i was curious if people thought was that a worthy main event you know should that have been in the middle of the matches somewhere as people you know if you wanted to if you were there you could go because this was definitely tailored for television uh but if you were there live could this have been you know a good time to go get a burger go stand in line you know it usually takes forever to get those food things anyways um when we got the numbers back 80 percent of the people said it was great it was good 20 percent said no wow so that's interesting that's interesting so now I'm going to throw something out here, uh, a second hot topic that we did not place up. I am going to place it up again next week and Andy's going to be able to discuss it. And I want you fans to really talk your feelings about this right now. And I'm going to start off with Elio and Elio today's topic on the second hot topic has to do with um, Cody Rhodes. Now I have noticed a ton of criticism, but also a ton of backing and it seems very split. There are 50% of the people who are alluding to Cody being the Triple H of now, how he can bury people. Uh, you know, I saw this one that said uh, it had a meme of him holding a shovel and it basically said, oh, new talent, I'll take care of that, you know, like bury him. Um, and it seemed like last year, anytime there was any celebrity, anything unusual or special to occur in AEW, in the mix of it, Cody was there sticking his nose in. Now, a lot of people have said that he's intrusive that he's burying people that he's trying to make it i have joked about it being called all cody wrestling um however there are a good 50 percent of you who are very vocal saying he is just proving himself to be one of the greatest wrestlers of this generation that he's setting a benchmark for others that he is one of the most important parts of all elite wrestling so with so many sides going on i wanted to open this up to you the fans we are going to put that as a hot topic for next week. I want, I want you guys not to just leave a yes or no, but leave me a little bit of a description. Tell me how you feel about Cody Rhodes. Is this guy, you know, this great wrestler who we're blessed to see in this company, or is he just sort of like a douchebag trying to hog the spotlight with what you know power he has? Now, I want to ask you, Elio, how are you viewing Cody Rhodes, and 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 tell me what you feel and see about Cody Rhodes and and, and what's going on with him right now. 
So of course, um, Cody wrote in Psalm, I'm going to say, you should be part of the show. You shouldn't be the whole show. Meaning like, okay, I get it. Like, yeah, he has to have victories under his belt. But also, at the same time, him losing doesn't really hurt any because he's established. Whereas losing a match or two helps the other, helps his opponents. Does and it, builds, do you think, builds him up. I don't want to, I'm sorry to jump in, but I want to ask you what you've said right there, just for a clarification for you. Do you say that he can afford to lose some matches to young people to build them? Yeah. But what about the flip side? Can people afford to lose to Cody? Is he? Are they getting buried if they lose to Cody? In your opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say uh, if they if they if they just uh, started started with the company, I'd say uh, they shouldn't be losing right away. But like if they've like had one or two matches on dark, started on dark, brought up to dynamite. I wouldn't say I would say Winda hurt. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, in your opinion, then, in the end, how how are you viewing how are you viewing Cody Rhodes? Well, I want to I want off my screen. I just do uh, Cody Rhodes. I want off my screen. Like just too much Cody Rhodes. Like he can afford to take time off and uh, stay off television for a while. Like the show's gonna be fine. Do you think he buries people? And that he tries to make it too much of the... the Sometimes it can be an all-Cody show, yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? I I, uh, have listened. There's a lot of people... Boy, from the beginning, you know, I have complained about too much Cody Rhodes. Okay? Um, He doesn't reach me, but obviously he does some fans, because there are some fans who are really into what he's doing. I got to honestly say, what he's doing doesn't reach me. It doesn't resonate with me. Um, so I don't see it. Okay. Uh, when he did that, um, the, the galvanizing, uh, promo, he did a couple of weeks ago. Remember that thing where, uh, the first, <laughs> the, 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 great, the, great, the greatest promo. Yes. But the scary part is 50% of the fans out there thought it was the greatest promo they'd ever heard. 50% drank the Kool-Aid, bought in. Like that's another, that's, that. that's another, that's another thing. It's like the promo is just like, mm-hmm. There, there's nothing special about his promos. Yes, but what does it say when we say that, but 50% of the fans watching are saying these are awesome promos? I, I guess they're, they're seeing something we're not. <laughs> yeah, so that makes me wonder, are we slightly out of touch in that way? I don't know. Um, I can only talk for myself. I, have, I cannot connect with Cody. He comes across to me as a, like, like a real-life douchebag. Like a guy who really thinks it's all about him. Um, I remember, I you know, this is for me, maybe this is just carrying on, but I'll tell you a time, Elio, when, when Cody came up to Edmonton to wrestle for a company. And uh, usually when that happens, I talk to the promoter and I ask him, you know, can you give me a few minutes with the guy? It's always a yes, right? Uh, it's just, you know, the courtesy of asking. But this was the first time where the promoter said to me, I would love to say yes, but he has an agent and you have to talk to him. You can't talk to Cody. Nobody can talk to Cody unless they deal with his agent. And I'm like, deal with his agent. This is rest. This is indie wrestling, dude. What do you mean? He deal with his agent. I don't know. I, uh, that put a bad taste in my mouth. I didn't even bother putting a request into the agent. I'm just like, 
Sorry, but if this dude who's an indie wrestler, this was before he started in AEW even, okay? Uh, If this dude thinks he's that big of a deal to himself and he's an indie wrestler, uh, I don't think he gives a crap about coming on my podcast. You know what I mean? Uh, So that's always left a distaste in my mouth. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then watching along, I'd like to think that Cody does have a vision for everybody. But sometimes, you know, it bothers me that every time a celebrity comes in, it's Cody. Out of nowhere, somehow Cody gets worked into the story every single time. And it makes you think, well, there are other wrestlers who could get the rub here. I mean, he doesn't need the rub. Like he's, he's already he's, the there's top so many team. angles going on all at once. Yeah, it's like he is desperate for you to remember that he's the only big star. And I, I'm not, not enjoying it. I don't think it's cool. And right now, I'm going to say I struggle to see what fans, the fans who do, do love uh, Cody Rhodes, and God bless you guys, uh, have your own taste. You know what? Just because I don't like it doesn't mean you have to. But I'm sorry. I don't see what they're seeing. And, yeah, I'm just not seeing it, dude. So I'm going to say that uh, he is, for me, tries too hard to be the – he is doing that stuff. If, at least it seems like to me that he is burying people and trying to make it the all Cody show. So, fans, I'm curious, very curious of what you people think. And, and I know there are a lot of you because the 50% of the, the, of the polls taken in most things are saying that they love Cody Rhodes. They think what he's doing is like the best shit ever. Well, I want you people to write to me why. Put it on our page. Put it on the Hot Topic. Tell us why you think that Cody Rhodes, and I'm not going to make fun of anybody, uh, just because we don't agree on this topic does not mean I think you're wrong. I am curious because – you know, if there was 90% of us and 10% were the minority, I could laugh a little and say, yeah, okay, goofs, you're not seeing something. But when it's split down the center, that tells me that they're seeing something that I'm not seeing. And I'm not that egotistical or that high-headed to think that my way is the only way. I'm curious. I want to know because there have been times, we've seen times wrestlers have come in and we've like, me and you have looked at it and went, what is this garbage? To where months later they've actually have themselves into like credible wrestlers you know even mlw mance warner we were like what yeah. who is this who is this guy right Mon- months I mean, later we're like getting right behind him right and i mean here you want to we're talking aw uh take a look at orange cassidy me and you could not stand him in the beginning now he could almost be a credible top wrestler you know yeah there's still going to be that goofy crap he does but uh it's not like a hundred percent shock if he could be, beat somebody to win the belt. Okay. So please respond. We're also going to get Andy. I want to know what Andy thinks. So next week we'll ask Andy's opinion about this. Okay. So folks, you are listening to WPOV global. One of the many shows on the WPOV network, we have WPOV global, which you're listening to usually is released on Thursdays featuring myself, the legend T James Logan, the gentleman, Elio Canella, and the lone wolf, Andy Anderson. We take a, a bit of a look at some of the indie stuff, some New Japan, some Impact when it makes news. Uh, but basically, we talk some topics that are going around. We decide what wrestlers are need to be pushed or de-emphasized. And we also usually have the second half of our show is a deep dive into this, into whatever weeks, to whatever week of AEW Dynamite has just been happening, or if it's the pay-per-view like you're going to hear today. Uh, There's also WPOV Wrestling. Now, that happens uh, every Saturday night or Sunday, you get it. Uh, That features Tony Diaz, 
uh, Clay Cummings and Rick Serrano III. The three of those guys take a humorous and fun look at the WWE. We're talking the whole WWE. We're talking NXT, Raw, SmackDown. Uh, I don't think they do. What's that one? Monday Night Heat? I don't think they do that. But uh, they do uh, UK. Uh and I'm sure if they ever do, uh, you know, WWE, I don't know, back alley, uh, WWE, deep self, I don't know, whatever they do with a WWE. Don't uh, give them ideas. Yeah, sorry, these, sorry, these, sorry. these shows might end up being reality one oh, day. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay, I'm going to be quiet. <laughs> but uh, you'll find those guys there. There's also a kind of a pet project that uh, me, Elio, and, um, and Andy do called WPOV Quarantine. And quarantine is our YouTube-based uh, show where you not only do you get to hear us talk, you can just hear us talk as you're hearing most of our shows, but if you go to the YouTube version, you can actually see us talk. And what we do is we bring on a different guest or a couple guests every week. We discuss topics, history. Sometimes we look at someone's career. We've had big name wrestlers on. We've had guys like uh, the Tennessee stud, Ron Fuller. We've had on... Uh, Savio Vega. Savio Vega, Bushwhacker Luke. Uh, we've had on uh, journalists mm-hmm. like Javier Yost and uh, Greg Oliver. Uh, Greg Oliver. I mean, there's some really cool stuff where we get some, and we got we've had young wrestlers, old wrestlers, new wrestlers, uh, women wrestlers. We've had all kinds of stuff on. People just talking different views, and it's a great discussion. And the bonus part is you get to see our guests and know that we don't have stick puppets and making voices. Trust me, I, I've thought about it. Ah, hey, brother. Uh, There's my Hulk Hogan doll. Anyhow, so that show. And then we have another show called WPOV Aftermath, which is usually a look at uh, whatever WWE pay-per-view has happened. And uh, we usually all sit around whatever iteration of us can be available. We'll discuss it and tell you if it was worth watching. All right. So, uh, Elio, the quick question I want to know is, where can people write into and what are the different platforms that our show is available? So, people can write in to us on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram Wrestling POV One, and Twitter at Wrestling POV. And you can find all our shows, uh, Aftermath, Quarantine, Global, and WPOV on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and TuneIn Radio for free. Ah, you missed one. Can you guess which one you missed? I said Spotify. Yeah, well, if if we have a special show called Quarantine that only appears on the video format on YouTube, there we go, hallelujah. <laughs> Anyways, folks, those are all the different platforms. Elio looks like he vaguely wants to choke me now. Um, <laughs> but you know what? If Elio really wanted to choke me, you know what he could choke me with? A fine T-shirt. That's right. We have T-shirts available for sale for WPOV. There are five different designs. Uh, We have a couple, including, I do believe, two WPOV Global shirts for sale. These shirts are $19.95 American each, plus shipping and handling. You can find it at ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Wrestling POV or WPOV Wrestling? Wrestling POV. Wrestling POV. So, yeah. Uh, These T-shirts, $19.95 each. All the money that goes into it helps support and run the show. It's not... It does cost money for us to put out the various feeds to do the the various administrations. I mean, I'm pretty sure Tony Diaz's salary alone is more than most countries can afford. So we do have to uh, sell t-shirts or he will beat us. So please buy a t-shirt. We're going to take a quick commercial break. 
or I guess I did the commercial break. We are going to take a quick break anyways. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the crappy <laughs> AW Dynamite and go into Double or Nothing. This is the Canadian crusher, AJ Sanchez, and uh, you are listening to WPOV Wrestling. Hey, folks, we are back. Let's talk a little bit uh, AEW Dynamite. First of all, the, last week's AEW Dynamite. Oh, man. There's a thing, the tradition before a pay-per-view called the go-home show. And the go-home show usually is a wrestler's culminating stuff into what's going to happen on the pay-per-view. However... With this show being only two days removed from the actual event, it really came across of let's just tread water until we jump in the deep end of the pay-per-view. This was a probably one of the worst uh, AEW Dynamites I've ever seen. This was AEW Dark, basically, okay? <laughs> it was a bunch of squash matches and one angle. And I, you know, it's going to be lambasted when they do the... Uh, the, the, the week of like uh, competition, I'm sure this one was right on the crap level of what's the worst one they do? And which one's the worst? Usually it's Raw that loses, right? Usually it's either Raw or SmackDown. Or SmackDown. Okay. It's definitely those shows are going to look like Shakespearean plays compared to the garbage that you uh, saw this. So I'm going to have to give it. Is there anything you wanted to point out off that show that stuck in your mind or any angle? No, or anything? Really I know like, you mentioned something. Nothing no? stuck out. That that win was terrible. The whole show itself was just squash matches. Like Miro defending the TNT title against Dante Martin. Wow, what did Dante Martin do to get such a beating? Eh, they got to wonder that. All right, let's move then on to uh, W. Oh, let's move on. I just say W a lot on the show. Uh, let's move on to AEW's uh, Double or Nothing. All right. Uh, we're going to start off with the pre-show. Usually I don't really care about pre-shows mm-hmm. matches, but there was a tremendously fun uh, pre-show match featuring Serena Deeb taking on Riho, just like we said, Riho from the earlier. Um, it was an interesting match. I'm going to say I was very surprised at how, uh, how competitive this match was. You know, like usually, uh, some, like a lot of times, it's almost a squash on these pre-shows or the kind of throwaway matches. This was a really good match, had a lot of stuff. Um, we see uh, Serena Deeb wrestling very heelish a lot during this. Yeah. Uh, Riho, a lot more realistic than her last run here. She was uh, doing some incredible stuff. There was, uh, one, there was one spot where uh, I think Serena was going to pick her up and she's like, She's like reversed it and uh, into a pin. She like bent over backwards, kind of like a bridge. Yeah. Yes. And there was also uh, a really strange move I've never seen. Is uh, it was sort of like a double leg uh, dragon whip that uh, Serena did onto Rio, which was interesting. Uh, how did you think? What did you think of this match, Elio? No, this was the oh, the- sorry, I forgot to say the winner was Serena Deeb. NWA Women's Champion did win. Sorry about that. No, I don't usually watch the, the pre-shows, the buy-in, but the, this was a... I really enjoyed this match. This was a great match. I'm going to agree. I enjoyed it a lot, and it really uh, it read me... I was surprised, I thought for sure, with Riho coming back like this, we'd get some kind of crazy win or maybe a disqualification because uh, Serena really was healing it up a lot in this, mm-hmm. um, which I wonder how that's going to look going forward. Because you know she's ra- she's basically uh, all her appearances on um, AEW has been her being a face. This is kind of interesting to th- thing to see. So 
I like the aggressive uh, look of her. It was good. Let's get now into uh, the whole Double or Nothing itself. We start off the first match. The Machine, Brian Cage taking on Adam, Hangman Adam Page. Uh, interesting match. Um, Adam Page winning it and possible dissension afterwards from Brian Cage and the rest of Taz's group. Uh, as a note, Brian Cage did not come out with his Taz cronies. He asked him to stay in the back. Uh, and However, Taz they... made, it Taz made it clear throughout the match. I don't know why he wanted them to stay in the back. Who would have thought guys would want to win on their own? That's crazy, Taz. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyhow, uh, Brian Cage does lose. Almost gets into a fight with uh, Ricky Starks and uh, Hook. Uh, your your thoughts on this match, my friend? No, I thought this was a good opening match. Uh, I really enjoyed this match. Um, a lot of action. Uh, and then, like I said, uh, Taz on commentary always uh, always pointing out, like, I don't know why he wanted, uh, Brian Cage wanted Team Taz to stay in the back. And uh, I thought it was a great match. Uh, Cage uh, going for the buckshot lariat and uh, missing. So the, the, that was a. I just thought the overall this match was a great way to open the show. Okay, um, I'm going to say for me this was the weakest match in the entire card. Um, I had a hard time getting into it. Brian Cage can sometimes be for a guy who looks as incredible as he does. I find him such a boring wrestler, and uh, Adam Page. I don't know, man. I, I feel like they're going to have to do something. Sorry. What was that uh, that he came out wearing? Was he was trying to be the Terminator? Um, well, I think because he's playing up the machine, like he's a cyborg, you know. I, that's what I, yeah, yeah, it was goofy, but he does call himself <laughs> the machine. So I'm not going to like, I'm not going to take it yeah. apart too badly because, you know, I guess he fit his character. Um, I just was not won over by this match a lot. It, it didn't really do much for me. Okay. So for me, it was, it was, just a bit above the next weakest match in the card, which we'll talk about as we get to them, okay? So, yeah, it, it was okay, but uh, I really think they're going to have to be careful, in my opinion, that Hangman, Hangman Adam Page is like, it's like he's treading water sometimes. And I think sometimes he's very much in uh, danger of being left behind of the top contenders. Like, he, everyone looked at him as a main event guy, and I don't think people do anymore. I, I don't. I, I don't see him as a credible threat to any of the belts. I think he's, I think the dumb storylines of him being an alcoholic and all that kind of stuff have really done more damage than make him interesting. So I'm hoping that's not the case. Cause it seems, he's it seems like they, uh, I, don't know, I don't know if it's just me, but it seems like they're like, kind of like steering, steering away from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. From the uh, picture? No, being like uh, the alcoholic. Oh, the alcoholic. Yeah. yeah, it seems like they've stopped talking about that. Yeah. But they still have goofy crap that they put across his name thing when he comes out that no one else gets. So I don't know what the deal with that is. This is going to be like the raw general manager where he's going to have to fight the the AEW, uh, I don't know, graphics designer or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Who was really a wrestler all this time. I, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, okay. So we're a little bit split on that one. Let, let's move on to the next match. The Young Bucks. Uh, Matt and Nick Jackson, putting the tag team titles up against Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. Um, in the end, we have the team of uh, the Young Bucks taking the win over a bit of nefarious things. Uh, we had 
a solid match, a lot of brawling, uh, some young bucks shenanigans. Uh, we had attempted uh, the Good Brothers trying to interfere, being chased off. Uh, in the end, uh, some, like I said, dubious means with uh, the young bucks taking a bit of advantage uh, to get the pin. What did you think of this match, Elio? The, the, okay. I've already said in the past that Ortiz's theatrics, Mad Jackson during this match, his overacting. I just, I can't, I can't with this guy. With the overacting this match. Um, <laughs> I just can't with this guy. It was, <laughs> it was just okay. I, just, I thought that the, the part where they, where they were mocking the shield, they stood over Moxley and did the fist bump. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, that one. Um, I hated the end uh, part where they sprayed that mist or whatever it is in the yeah. uh, face. Yeah, uh, this one for me, it, just, it was just okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to say I really enjoyed this match way more than I thought. Um, I really enjoy this teaming of Moxley and, um, and Kingston. Yeah, I, I like this team. They have, and I think the Young Bucks are just naturally heels anyway, so it's good to see them playing the role. Um, I'm finding it really hard to tell them apart lately. Uh, ever since Nick has grown the beard, you know, his hair's not as blonde, and it almost I mix them up a lot. Um, it's nice to see them being grounded a little bit more, not having yep. total, you know, Young Bucks match styles that we're used to. But I thought this was a good match. Um, I think the uh, uh, Good Brothers have shown that they are probably the most useless tag team in all of wrestling right now. So I don't even know why these guys bother, um, but I liked it. And I liked uh, Frankie Kazarian coming out and going after the good brothers. You know, I hope they develop that storyline. You know, Kaz is saying he's going to try and take out them one by one. So I want to see it. I want to see where that goes. Uh, but all in all, I'm going to say I enjoyed this match a lot and it even made sense the ending to me. So, all right, let's move on now to the casino battle Royal. Now, the Casino Battle Royal is a weird setup for a Battle Royal. Basically, it has 21 guys. These 21 men are divided into teams of five, and they're each called a different suit because, you know, they're in Vegas or whatever, or it's a gambling thing, whatever. So they're, you know, what they'll do is they'll have five guys come out. They'll wrestle for, like, I don't know, two or three minutes. Then the next set of five guys, and they wrestle for two or three minutes. Then the next set, and and you're eliminated uh, basically, like, over-the-top Battle Royal style. The last, the 21st person is called the Joker. Last year, it was Matt Sedell. Basically, he's the kind of surprise guy entered into the thing. Somebody that you're supposed to not see coming, which basically means translated to somebody not really with the company. Sedell was last year's, no one saw him coming. This year's was Leo Rush. Nobody saw that coming. I don't think anybody. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, nobody saw Leo Rush coming. I don't think Leo Rush saw himself (laughs) coming. But anyhow, um, things out of the match of interest. uh, We had uh, lots of um, Nightmare Factory versus uh, of uh, QT's faction uh, erupting every now and then. Um, We saw uh, Matt Hardy trying to push his uh, dominance, uh, which didn't work out so well, but had, uh, man, the, what are those guys called? Private party? They really have become heels now, it seems. Yeah. Um, I got a kick out of Max Caster, as usual. His, Max his Caster. Okay, I, I have to talk about this guy. That, that rap. Yes, go ahead. That sounded uh-huh. like such a babyface rap that he did uh, when they came out. In a way, it did. It did. I kind of laughed. The only thing I'm going to say bad about it, it's like it seemed like he forgot what he was saying for a second because he came on and was like, yo, yo, 
Yo. And it's like to the left, Yo. to the right. <laughs> yeah, at the end was so baby faced. The crowd was actually getting into it. Uh good, yes, good catch on that. Um in the end of this, uh, I think everyone in the world thought Christian Cage was going to be the yeah, I thought Christian Cage was gonna win this. I think we all picked that. Uh even Leo Rush, I mean, could have been an interesting pick. New guy coming into the company, maybe, maybe not. Uh, however, and I'm not sure what to think of this. First of all, the winner, Shark Boy, when he came out. Shark Boy. Did you hear the people Shark Boy. Say, did I say Shark Boy? Jungle Shark Boy. Boy. Oh, my God. I said Shark Boy. Okay, yeah. Jungle Boy. Okay. Did you not hear the people behind Jungle Boy <laughs> singing his, like, that was, like, deafening. I could not believe uh, how much people were, like, solidly behind Jungle Boy. Now, I think that's great. Um, what worries me, though, is did he already have, like, a guaranteed title match that didn't work out so well for him, like, just, like, two or three months ago? I mean, how many times are you going to uh, tell us this guy's good, um, give him a chance, and then pull the rug from under him and not pull the trigger, you know? Yeah, so it's, that's what worries me. Is like, this, I always put the Casino Battle Royale as my low point, but I'm fine. I'm happy with the winner of the match. I just worry that like they're not gonna follow through with this. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say too. The reason I think that, you know last year's uh, match, this battle royal last year's, it was such a confusing. What's the word to say without sounding rude? Clusterfuck. Where <laughs> it just like you couldn't really. It was hard to to, to follow anything because it seemed like everybody was being pushed and, and that doesn't necessarily win at you know that's not a win the one thing that always sticks out to me about that one is this that the one where they had uh freaking darby allen in that body bag or something yes yeah okay they threw a body bag and threw him over the top yeah. rope. open now the problem i think was last year there was just too much going on this year there were small things to make you laugh and enjoy it but there was only a couple major storylines that were running and i think that really made a difference it made it a lot easier to get into this and it didn't it seemed like a much easier uh an easier match an easier match to digest um like i said there was some people who looked good some that looked not so good but in the end uh our winner jungle boy eliminating christian what do you think of that at the end when like christian comes in and he's like shaking hands and telling jungle boy you know you go win that title does that does that tick you off at all i know some fans are just like oh why would the even if he's a good guy you know he just got eliminated why would he go in there and congratulate the guy what, what do you think of that elio oh if so me, i would kind of be a little mad i would kind of be mad it's like you know like i had a chance and like now i just got eliminated does it annoy you though that they did this or do you think it's cool that christian kind of endorsed jungle boy no oh, for me uh I, I was okay with it. Okay. Uh, I I don't know. I know there's been a lot of criticism about it. Um, I didn't have that much of a problem with it. I think uh, Christian, even though they have not really showcased him in a great way so far, he still has the cred of who he is. So having him endorse Jungle Boy is a big deal. So I, I think it was good. All right. Uh, I think the worst, if I had to pick the worst part, what was to you, what was the single worst part of this battle royal? Any ideas? I'll say mine, and hopefully yours isn't the same. Uh, mine was Serpentico. I think a, a lot of a lot of extra drama to get him in there. Oh, and and Serpentico got thrown into the ring by Luther. 
Yeah, and then like is not even in there for a minute and gets wiped up. Like it seemed like an incredible waste of time. Uh, for me, it was just uh, the whole like um, just Matt Hardy being in, involved in this thing. Like I just uh, he doesn't really need to be in there. Like, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Um, moving on here, uh, the American Dream, Cody Rhodes taking on the Governor, Anthony Ogogo. We are looking at uh, a thing that had been built is, you know, uh, USA versus England. Um, this match, as you can imagine, because Ogogo, this I think is only second or third match uh, professionally. Most of his uh, stuff is predicated on this knockout, like the stomach punch he does to people yeah. uh, that takes everybody out. So you weren't, you knew you weren't, you weren't getting like, you know, Kurt, Kurt Angle versus, uh, you know, pick whatever great wrestler you know what i mean you, you knew this wasn't going to be a lot of scientific maneuvers in the end cody manages to take a couple punches even a, a knockout punch and manages to still get up and defeat anthony gogo what was your take on this match elio okay there were parts of this match i was i was fine with i, I enjoyed i just thought again they're building anthony gogo up be this like monster with this deadly punch and yet, he lost the match. So, I, yeah, I was I was fine with this match. Like I like parts of it, but I just think the wrong person won. I think this is one okay. match that Cody could have uh, lost if they're trying to build this guy up. Okay, you know what? This was the one match a lot of people had a lot of problems with. It was probably the match that received the most negative feedback on this card. A lot of people felt that Cody was burying Anthony Ogogo, that, uh, you know, that Cody was once again demonstrating his... What I just uh, said. I, th yeah. I think Anthony Ogogo should have won. So do you think I like this match or not, Elio? I'm going to say no. You know, most times you'd be right, but I actually enjoyed this match. And I'm going to say, for one time, even though the, you know, it was kind of weird that Cody took a stomach punch and then he took a knockout punch, but still managed to win the match. I still think it, you know, it does, I don't think it kills Anthony Agogo. I think he put on a much more, he put a much more solid match than I expected. I expected him to be kind of lost in there. I expected Cody to carry him through this. And there were times in this match where he had some pretty impressive uh, offense. And I was surprised. I was surprised. Um, I like, after this, I think I really like Anthony Ogogo, and I'm hoping that they take the time to develop this guy's. This first of all, he should not be uh, a heel. Okay, he, he got a lot in on Cody in this match. Yeah, a lot more than you would think, and uh, I think that should give some indication that maybe Cody isn't exactly uh, the the uh, Triple H that people had said Triple H was years ago. Um, my only problem with this is I really think that Anthony Agogo, we know his story. Here's this guy going blind, okay? He's lost 78% of his sight in his left eye, or is it right? I think it's his left. Um, they have been conjectures, if you read more about it, that he may actually go totally blind within the next couple of years because of the damage to his eyes. So he only has so much time to competitively wrestle. I think that is a tremendous story right there. I don't think we need to make him anti-American or this other crap. I think it sells the story enough that he would he should be the sympathetic baby face in here. Yeah. He should be the guy battling from you know these things that have happened to him to overcome the tragedy that is coming in his life. 
Um, I want to see more. I, I find him interesting. Uh, I have a lot of hope for the amount of offense and things he was doing in there. Looks so pretty good. Um, and like I said, you don't be pretty good, Elio. Most times, Cody Mo Cody Rhodes matches just make me go. Oh. I'm gonna say I didn't mind this match for a match no, predicated was, on a knockout punch. No, it was a good match. I enjoyed the, this match. Alrighty, let's move on to the next match. Uh, our TNT title match. All right, the best man. Are they still calling him that? They are because they AW. Yeah, they are. The, it's still on this on the screen when doing his entrance. Yeah. The best man, Miro putting his uh, title up against the murder hawk monster, Lance Archer. We get the typical uh, big man match, uh, including a ridiculous part where Jake the Snake comes into the ring carrying a bag, which we think is supposed to have a snake in it. Miro grabs the bag and throws it hard again. So I guess not only is he a bad guy, but I think the SPCA might want to have a talk with him because I think he there was some cruelty to animals going on in there. Um, in the end, uh, Archer. Uh, gets uh, rear, kind of, sort of like the rear naked choke put on him and uh, loses consciousness and he's out. Uh, Miro defends the title. Um, what are your thoughts on this match, buddy? They've totally killed Lance Archer. I mean, like, I, this, uh, this wasn't uh, one of uh, my favorite matches on the card because just for that fact that like, they killed Lance Archer. They bring him in. They have him as TNT champion. They haven't lose the belt. Then they totally like waste him, and uh, now like they had they had an opportunity to do something with him here, and they are uh, they waste that one too. I'm gonna agree with you in a lot of the sense of Lance Archer. Okay, first of all, it's I mean it took forever to build Miro into this. He I love what they're doing with Miro right now. Mm -hmm. He's a credible-looking killer monster in there. He is, however, who Lance Archer should also be. And I don't think that they've done a lot of service for Lance Archer. I think they've made him look bad too many times. It's getting to the point where fans are not going to be able to buy that he is credible, which is ridiculous since the guy's like six foot eight. You think that should be an instant win there. Um, uh, I have a problem with this in the fact of as much as this is an interesting matchup, I, don't, I think this should matchup should not have happened, at least not right now. I think that they really should have built up Archer a lot more, uh, make him much more of a monster. And then when they collided, it would mean something more. So but you're you right. The beginning of the match uh, was so awkward when he did that dive to the outside. Yes, yes. Uh, Archer quit diving. <laughs> it, it's just, it doesn't look good. I'm sorry. Um, you're, you're on, you're on the territory of Luchasaurus and cat and, uh, and big cast. You know what I mean? Like, you just look like an awkward big doo-doo. It makes you look smaller than don't you really are. Don't make us put you in the book. Yes, please don't make us put in, put you in the book. Um, I would like to say, however, that, uh, this match wasn't terrible, but I'm going to say it was the second weakest match on the card. Yeah. Okay. For me, it was, uh, I still think that the Adam Page match didn't have enough for me, but you know, whatever. Uh, I think a disservice is being done to Archer, uh, but Miro, loving what they're doing with Miro right now. All right, moving on to the AEW Women's World Title match. Shakira Shida putting her belt up against Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Um, we have your typical match of Shida going crazy on her opponent. Uh, 
Baker cheating, but also kind of showing a lot of heart, man. There were a lot of times where most heel people would just give up to what they went through. She drug it out to the end, uh, culminating in a bit of a schmoz where um, Rebel throws the belt into the ring and uh, Britt uses it to do a curb stomp. You know, curb stomps, uh, she does face onto the belt, wins the match, and is the new AEW women's champion. Uh, what do you think of this one, buddy? I thought this was uh, one of the highlights of, of the pay-per-view. I really enjoyed everything about this match. Um, that was the one spot where she usually does with the chair. Uh, she Then she misses and hits barricade. And uh, she goes to do the... She throws a Brit back in just to break the count. Then she pulls her back out. She's gonna go do that uh, knee lift, and Britt Baker's like with the with the knee to the face. You know, I you pointed out a good part. It was almost awkward, and yet it worked. The part with the chair, yep. And then you know, like she'd have jumped up back onto the apron. It almost. It seems like that should have looked really stupid, but it didn't. It kind of worked. Um, and it was cool that Baker did that spin around. However, I just found it was a little bit weak. It looked a little put on. You know, it looked like, you remember when Moxley used to do those, when he was Ambrose and he'd do that. And we do that uh, um, springboard close in off the ropes. Yeah. yeah. It just looks so, like, phony. Like, you know, uh, I had a bit of problem with that spin. It was a great idea. I don't think the execution was the best. However, I think both of these ladies were really on target here. And I think that... Uh, this was an enjoyable match. This had to be one of the best matches of the, the night. Um, Sheeta went down fighting. Um, the only thing, and I know it's because she's a bad guy, but it would have kind of been nice to have Britt Baker win the belt without having to cheat to win the belt. You know, she still used. Yeah, I think she could. She, I, I think she still could have won without the, all the cheating. Yeah, I think she's kind of earned it. But uh, I hope this isn't the last we see of Sheeta. I think Sheeta was someone that came out of nowhere who just carried the division when they needed it. Um, I'd love to see her a champion down the road again, but let's face it, you sniff in the air and it's definitely Britt, ba- Britt Baker's turn, turn of champion. It, it's in the air. You can feel it. She's worked so hard to get here. Uh, there's a whole string of people we're going to see, you know, Chris Stratlander be coming for her, you know, uh, maybe Serena Deeb. Um, I don't think it's too far to think that Britt Baker could turn back to a uh, face. The fans are seeming to really enjoy what she does. So, and you know that her and Rebel or Reba or whatever she's calling herself this week, you know that's going to be a failed partnership down the road. Yeah. So, uh, but you know what? Uh, a very good match. I enjoyed a lot of it. Um, I don't think, I don't know. I, I guess you're supposed to hate it, but the the glitter glove that she puts on, that Britt puts on before now that she's stuck, uh, you know, and, I don't know. I just that move is just. I get um, because she's a dentist, but yeah, I don't know why no one would just bite their fingers really hard. If somebody stuck a glove in my mouth, I would bite so freaking hard, I'd probably be swallowing their fingers like sausages. You know what I mean? I'm not going to let someone shove their fingers down my throat. That's ridiculous. Um, but I guess it's her move. Uh, let's move on to the next match: uh, Darby Allen and Sting. Defeating all ego Ethan Page and the face of the revolution, Scorpion Sky. Now, do you remember when I said that I thought that uh, Miro and Archer was the second worst match? 
I amend that because I think this was the second worst match. I, I, it was nice to see Sting battle. It was nice to see him get in there. Uh, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, these guys cannot buy credibility. I mean, they, they just, they're just, they're just treated like they're given good airtime to, to prove that they're idiots. I, I don't know. I, I'm not digging that part. I think there a lot more could be done with these two. Um, I don't know. It's I. It was a treat to see Sting back in a, in doing a match, but this this one kind of fell flat for me. And uh, Darby Allen is great when he's in a singles match and people are kicking the living shit out of him, and he manages to get a win. And I guess that's basically what he's good for. I don't think he's great in a tag team. Um, what were your thoughts on this match? Yeah, for me, um, it was it was good to see like they see Sting actually do a match, but this is one match I really didn't care for. Um, the Scorpion Sky and uh, Scorpion Sky and Ethan Page, we put these guys in the hot topic uh, a couple of weeks back of whether they would do something or where they would fail. Looks like they're failing. <laughs> Right here, you know, losing to Sting Darby Allen. So yeah, uh, a match I didn't really care for. And, and you know, one of the problems I have with this team is uh, they bring these guys together. They give them a bit of things, but it's like Scorpio Sky, who we know is a tremendous wrestler, isn't getting much chances to showcase very much. And Ethan Page, man, they have to do something with this guy because, dude, I cannot remember one single thing Ethan Page has done since he's gotten to AEW. He threw Darby Allen upstairs. That's it. <laughs> yeah, but in match wise, and even then, even then, if you were to tell me, "Hey, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you guess if it was Ethan Page or or uh, Scorpio Sky," I wouldn't just go, "Oh, it was Ethan Page." I'd be like, um, uh, um, and I think I'd guess, and I'd still have a fifty percent chance. But that's how Ethan Page is sort of presented in a way that just—it's so easy to forget what he is or what he does, and, and I don't think that's cool because. Uh, he has had a pretty good uh, career up until now. So I'm really hoping he, he's starting to, these two guys are starting to feel like the, the Sean Spears of this thing. And I, I really hope not because Sean Spears really seems like a guy lost in a division full of people. I really hope that this isn't where these guys go. The match was okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It was nice to see sting. Um, I'm very sad that uh, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky are presented so terribly. And uh, it's nice that they have matching trunks, but geez, give these guys a win occasionally or make them seem like they're not useless. I don't know. I mean, at least the varsity blondes, you can at least say, well, they're young, you know, that it's going to take them a while. Um, these two dudes are not young. <laughs> I wouldn't say they're in the first half of their career. They're definitely in the second half of their careers. So uh, let's get moving with these guys. All right. Uh, coming up next. Uh, the six men are, I don't know how they call it, the three-way dance. There we go. The three-way dance. Kenny Omega putting his belt, the AEW world belt, against freshly squeezed, man, I say, feel stupid saying that, Orange Cassidy, and the number two ranked, the bastard pack. Um, in the end, we have uh, Kenny Omega uh, keeping, the, uh, keeping his belts and his championship alive. What did you think of this whole thing, and, and what part stuck out to you, my friend? Yeah, this this was a this was a good match. I enjoyed this one. Um, Kenny Omega winning in the end. Uh, um, just yeah, the whole match overall was uh, pretty solid. 
you know what? I look at this match and um, going in, I mean, there were so many of us that said, well, this isn't even, it won't be the main event because let's face it. You have Kenny Omega, who is the number one wrestler in the world, putting his belt up against a guy who's basically kind of a joke in Orange Cassidy and Pac, who's spent the last year in a tag team. So it seemed like this was kind of a throwaway thing. Like, you know, it was uh, the match to put on before the stampede. So I wasn't holding much for it. And yet I immensely had a good time watching this match. I thought there were some really fun things that happened. Um, It amazes me. You have to give guys credit, credit, no matter how much you want to make fun of it. But the things that dude can do with his hands still in his pocket, Orange Cassidy really, uh, what's it going to be like when he puts that crap away and, and becomes a real wrestler, a real boy, Pinocchio. When that happens, I'm very interested to see because he seems to know how to wrestle. He really seems to have the hey, goods. I just don't know how he does that. Diving through the ropes with both hands in his pockets. That's some scary crap. That's some <laughs> Darby <laughs> Allen. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in the end, I'm going to say I surprisingly enjoyed this match. Yeah. I got a I got a big kick out of the fact with Kenny Omega trying to beat everyone with every one of his belts, which was pretty funny because he came draped out in four belts in the beginning of this. He had on his AWA, or his AEW belt. He had on the Impact, uh, the TNA, and the AAA belts. So he had four belts, and uh, he looked hilariously draped out in all these belts. Uh, he didn't even try and make it look cool like you see guys do it with all the belts. Now he came out as goofy as he could with all four of them mixed around him like he was a giant metal snake, which was pretty funny. Um, Pack looked really good. He he really uh, gave a great performance tonight. Uh, Orange Cassidy was much more solid than uh, I expected. And I'm going to say uh, Omega really worked his ass off. It was nice to see him really uh, investing the time in this match. Um, in the end, in the end, boy... I get that it's supposed to be that shock win to make you want more. But I also think when they do these kind of moves, it takes away from a move because, you know, like Orange Cassidy put him in this great move, nails him with a high impact move, and then Omega just shifts his weight and pins down Cassidy's shoulders and wins him. I'm never a fan of that kind of move. Okay. Roll up, I get. Roll up is a total surprise. But this. I'm supposed to be predicated on the fact that he just took a massive high impact move, but still managed to roll over and get the cheap win is stretching it a little bit. Um, but all in all, I did not expect to enjoy this match at all. And I got to say, I thought it was a pretty darn good match. Elio, any last things you want to throw in on this one? No, this was a solid match. Um, I really I enjoyed everything about this match. Okay. Okay. Now let's move on to the match I that I dreaded. Okay having to sit through 40 minutes of cinematic matches usually piss me off, okay? I've always been very clear that I'm not a fan of, of cinema matches, okay? They come across as trite, stupid, ridiculous. Things just seem like bad acting mixed with bad wrestling. Uh, last year's Double or Nothing, everyone liked to talk about that finishing maneuver that happened. Uh, let's not forget all the stupid garbage that happened during those matches. Uh, the teleportation, the resurrection things, uh, just bad wrestling and bad situations. I was expecting to go in and hate this match. And I was surprised that the presentation of it felt like old school wrestling when the camera went spilled into the backstage in the middle of fight and it was darn exciting. 
No, where, the, Elio, the, you look like you're going to burst. What do you want to say, Elio? No, that last year was not the one with Matt Hardy. He was thrown into the freezer, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay, oh, okay so on to this match. I, I got to say, this match was a lot better than last year's. And normally, I when I grew up, where when I was watching wrestling, yeah, the championship match was always at the end of the show. I was fine with the championship match being taking place before this one because this was a solid match for beginning, and I enjoyed everything about this one, as opposed to the one they had last year. Last year was just with the whole throwing my heart in the freezer, throughout that dive off of the forklift. So, uh, but uh, this one, and okay, I found something uh, similar between this match and the Omega match. Do oh, tell. How long do you think the Omega match was? How much time do you think they gave it? It did seem to go pretty good. I'm going to guess like it went at least 25 minutes, 30 minutes. They gave that one 27 minutes, 10 seconds. Now, how long do you think they gave Stampede? 27 minutes, 9 seconds? <laughs> 27 minutes and 10 seconds. Both matches were the same exact length. Okay, that, that has got to be a fluke. Okay, there's... Wow, how does that happen? No, I guess... No, but hey, I guess when you can control the editing, right? I mean... Oh, wow. Like, um, well, when I saw that, I was like, wait a minute. This, that, that, that's because that can't be right. That's going to be a mistake. But that that's actually pretty funny, Elio. Good catch. Uh, yeah, I usually hate these kind of matches. I, you know, I was very down when Sting and Darby Allen and those guys had that stupid match. And I've never been a fan of these kind of things. Got to say, I did enjoy this one. Um, that being said, I still don't want to see much of these. And with crowds coming back, I'm kind of hoping that we have seen the last one for a while, that maybe it's just like a once a year thing. Well, you know you, I mean? usually WWE gimmick, WWE does these stupid gimmick matches that they totally like go overboard with like Hell in a for example. That it should be like one match on the entire show. They give us like two or three Hell in a Cell on one show. That yeah, by the end really of the first, by, the, yeah. by the end of the first one, it's like, okay, that's, a, you know, you don't want to really see another one. The stadium stadium stampede is one of those special ones that if they do it like once a year, the way they're doing it, I think it's fine. Now, wasn't it last year where the Young Bucks, one of them like suplexed? Did the suplex all the way across? I'm so glad they didn't do garbage like that so badly, you know? Um, All in all, I expected this whole pay-per-view to be kind of stinkeroo, you know? But I'm uh, going to give it an A. I think it was yeah. a solid, a solid thing. Yeah, there were some weak parts in it, but there was nothing in there. And I'm sorry if anyone wants to disagree and say they thought Cody Rhodes and Anthony Agogo was terrible. I think you're wrong. My opinion, it was a good match from what uh, Anthony Agogo can do. I mean, I didn't expect him to be a uh, Kurt Angle in there, you know, like having putting on a wrestling clinic. The guy's a boxer, almost blind in one of his eyes, who's had three matches. You know, he's only been training for six months and he's he's only wrestled three matches. So I think if you were expecting a clinic, well, you obviously don't know reality very much. But uh, I enjoyed this. And overall, there wasn't anything that was horrendously bad or anything that really made me cringe. That alone, I am giving it an A this week. Uh, how about yourself, buddy? I'm going with an A as well because I enjoyed this. Uh, 
pay-per-view uh, the, the highlights outweighed the lowlights of this show and it was just nice to finally see a crowd back a live crowd in attendance now see this is what makes me sad because over on the other show you know over on WPOV network they'll have our WPOV wrestling they'll have their they'll put AW versus uh, Smackdown versus Raw versus NXT and uh, to see which show is the, sh- the best show of the week. It makes me sad that this isn't actually considered part of the continuity of those shows because it was a pay-per-view on another night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we had to submit, if we could have submitted this one, I think this was a clear, strong winner over all the other uh, programs last week. This would have been an A-plus win for AEW. Yep. However, they gave us that direct, which if I had to give a report card dude on the Friday night show, I would have given it an A. <laughs> it, was, it was the first time I thought this was the, the worst uh, AEW show I've ever seen. I did not enjoy it. It felt like a waste of time. I'm glad I watched it after the fact. That would been, I would have been really pissed off if I had stayed up till midnight watching on a Friday night and that was the direct they'd given me. I would not have been a happy camper. So, but like I said, I am giving an A. And you, did you say you were giving an A also? Yeah, did I, I enjoyed this show. Okay. I enjoyed this show. Excellent. So, you know what, folks, that was a really fun pay per view out of nowhere. I expected the stadium match to suck. I expected the three-man world championships thing to suck. I figured Britt Baker was going to win the match, but I didn't think it would be as good as it was. Lots of things came on. I thought Anthony Agogo and Cody was going to be the worst thing ever, and it wasn't. It wasn't even the worst thing on the card. You know, it was actually one of the best things for me. So, folks, uh, I'm going to have to say check this one out if you haven't seen it. It's worth your replay. I really do think it's one of the best pay-per-views AEW's put on. Uh, any last things you want to throw in there, Elio, before we take off into that dark, dark night? Nope, and, uh, nothing else. All right. Well, you know, folks, I uh, want to thank you all for tuning in. Uh, check us out on our other shows. Now, usually it's pulling teeth to get to get uh, Elio to talk sometimes, but you know what? He did a solid job. I gave him 5,000 words instead of his usual 50 Pulling words. Teeth. What are you talking and, about? I don't know what you're talking about. You don't have to get in the rest of the words. You don't have to use them all up. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> Elio, great job tonight. It was good hearing your insight. Um, you know what? I think you have a special way to say goodnight to the people tonight. All right. In the meantime, in the between time, that's it. Another episode of Wrestling POV Global. Bye-bye for now.